What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Every day in our province, men and women put on a uniform to go out and to keep our communities and our people safe. Sometimes they don't return home. Within months of starting, he was involved in the rescue of several victims as a result of a home invasion, including a child, and the subsequent arrest of the suspects. For his actions, he received a commendation from the CEO for bravery and a provincial award. Good morning to you. This is Mike Smith, the voices you heard there, Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth, RCMP Deputy Commissioner Dwayne McDonald, both talking about the tragic death of RCMP Constable Rick O'Brien, fatally shot while police were conducting a search warrant at a home in Coquitlam on Friday. It was part of a drug investigation. Constable O'Brien was 51 years old. He was a decorated police officer, as you heard in that clip, recognized for his bravery and his exceptional service. He was an RCMP officer for seven years. He leaves behind a wife and six children. We want to pay tribute to him and all fallen police officers and first responders on the sh to begin the show today. They are in mourning today. Let's check in with Doug Spencer now. Doug is a former gang unit police officer. He's more than 30 years experience as a police officer. He executed a lot of those search warrants himself during his career. Doug, thank you for coming on today. You're more than welcome, Mike. My condolences to you and to all your fellow police officers and first responders, because I know this really, really hits hits home when when this happens. Can you describe that? Like we saw, we saw people, we saw major events on the weekend, tributes to fallen police officers, and boy, this really, really is is gutting. Can you tell me, like, what goes? Just describe what police officers and first responders feel when this happens. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly something that runs through your head uh, when you're on the job. Um, you hear about tragedies like this, and uh, you you worry for the members out there. It's just, it's indescribable. Because you're just constantly, you know, my dad was a police officer, as was my grandfather, and um, they stressed to me that the biggest duty you have when you uh, start the day police work in police work is going home at the end of every day with you and your workmates so yeah yeah and speaking of that can you talk a little bit about speaking of family spouses children how do they deal with that no, knowing the risk the inherent risks of the job that's got to be difficult Oh yeah, I can't even imagine what they go through because uh, it, you're constantly you hear sirens uh, in the distance wherever they are, you know. My, and my wife's a retired RCMP, so she knows it. But they still worry. You you think, oh, is that siren for my husband or wife or whatever the situation is, right? Um, yeah, when the news comes out, oh, there's been a shooting, an officer shot, I guarantee all of them freeze, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And speaking of, this is, of course, we had the tragic death of Burnaby RCMP Constable Shaylin Yang last year, stabbed to death. So this is a tragedy that we've seen, we've seen again recently. When you're when you're out there on the job and police officers are aware of the inherent risks of this job, how do you handle that? How do you handle that mentally? Like you mentioned that this occurred during the uh, search warrant, and I know you've done a lot of search warrants over the years, right? Well, yeah, I was doing probably one a week at in the gang unit. We were constantly doing search warrants, executing warrants to arrest people and. Uh, you never know what's on the other side of that door. And you, you try and prepare yourself by, you have uh, briefings as police officers, whatever, right? And uh, you you think of everything that can go wrong and you try and prepare for it. Yeah, and for being a very risky and unnerving situation, like you say, you don't know for certain what's on the other side of the door. What What about... Can you do a check on weapons, like if there is any belief that there could be a weapon on the other side of the door? Is it possible to check on that before before you do the search warrant? Oh, yeah. The, the first thing you do if you're going to be entering a residence is you check with the firearms uh, people to see if there's a registered weapon in the house. Uh, the issue is that, obviously, especially with gangs, they don't have firearms licenses and registered firearms and stuff, right? So um, not just firearms, there's all sorts of other weapons that are available in the house, like everywhere. So, you know, I've gone in and done search warrants where we know the guy's in there and you're looking around. I remember one, one time we went in to get this guy who had done a shooting in Vancouver on Fraser street. And, uh, I looked through the window. I could see he was in there. And, of course, you, you announce, you knock on the door, announce you're the police, and uh, he went out of sight. And we're looking everywhere for him and walking. We walked through the uh, laundry room three times, and uh, we ended up finding him. He was in the dryer. He had crawled into the dryer in the house. So every time we walked through that place, he easily could have shot us because we did not see him. Yeah. Right. So it, that's the type of stuff that happens. Pe- pe- guys have uh, actually one guy who ended up getting murdered, a gang member. He like cut a hole in the drywall and then pulled the drywall in behind him. He was in the drywall of the house. Speaking of Doug so, Spencer, Doug is a uh, is a former. Vancouver police officer, 30 years on the job. He now works to keep young people safe and out of gangs. Do you think that we take a look at the rash of police officer deaths that we've seen in Canada this year? Doug, do you think that the job is becoming more dangerous? Oh, most certainly. Uh, I, I mean, with the lax, you know, I always bring this up, but the lax court system, where you get somebody that's using these gang members two or three times to be caught with firearms, they should not be in the street. They should be in jail. If you did that, the safety of the community would uh, triple, right? There's just, you, you can't keep letting these guys out in the street because they'll keep doing what they do, use firearms. So um, 
and and plus the sentencing as well. You know, people beat up the police, they fight the police. Uh, very rarely they go to jail for any uh, consequential time, right? So you got to make it, the last thing they want to do is confront and fight the police. Then you'll start seeing uh, a little bit of change and it getting a little more safer for officers. We're now seeing a bill to toughen up bail provisions in Canada, moving through the House of Commons now in front of the Senate, it will include a so-called reverse onus provision where an accused would have to prove why they should be released and not the other way around, so the burden would not be on the Crown. Do you have any confidence that that bill will make things significantly safer and that dangerous offenders will be kept locked up, or are you still dubious? Well, <laughs> given the the past in our history and dubious is a really good word um i can tell you during the the times of uh bindi joe hall yeah. a very famous gangster in vancouver the bail tightened up and we would put in bail um, packages showing they're called show causes and showing that this person doesn't meet the bail reform act uh, a, a proper address continues the offense is a danger to the public. We would show that, and they started putting these guys in jail and holding them in jail. And the jails were actually kind of overflowing a bit, but uh, the streets were so safe. There was it was like uh, this deathly silence, especially in the east end of Vancouver. I can tell you where I worked. Um, it worked. But, you know, they have to stick to it. You you can't allow these woke people to come in and say, oh, that you can't do that. Or, you know, they have rights and all this stuff. When you are running around with firearms shooting people, you lose your rights. That's the way it should be looked at. Doug, thank you for your time today. I appreciate it in difficult circumstances here. Thank you for coming on. No problems. And, uh, I'm certainly thinking of his children.